Okay, good evening everyone. Broadcasting live October 1st. It's now officially October. I was just informed, just reminded that we've got less than a month left of the rains. Tonight I will be heading back, probably have to sign off early, be heading back to Stony Creek. I'll come back tomorrow morning here to Hamilton. Today I went walking through the forest. There's a nature trail actually quite close by. It's um, half a kilometer away unless get into the nature trail and it goes straight to McMaster University so I took it and then I went on another trail in the loop and hey I wonder oh no you'll see it um the the reason was besides going on a nature walk We'll be next next Friday we'll be holding a peace walk, a walk for peace in the tradition of the Buddha, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, Mahagosananda, Cambodian monk who walked for peace when they were killing each other in Cambodia. They would walk in between the fighting in walk across the battlefield, trying to get the people to stop shooting each other. Course we won't be doing that but we'll be walking for peace so inner peace we will be trying to be peaceful and do it as a walking meditation and just to make a statement so i was thinking we could have like placards with peace walk on them just to let people know what we were doing of course we'll be in the forest most of the t most of the way so maybe that's not so applicable and there's two peace organizations on campus that we're going to be coordinating with, hopefully. Contacted both of them about it. It'll take about an hour and we're gonna so we're gonna walk from McMaster to here. And then when we get here, we'll have hot apple cider and cookies. So gotta get my organization on that. And ordering hot apple ordering apple cider and we'll have it hot. I've already talked to Aruna hear about it apparently food basics sells apple cider so that's we'll just have it in a we need a big pot maybe to keep it hot have it ready and get some i don't know what do you have with apple cider oh good fall stuff is like popcorn popcorn um apple cider donuts apples no. Um, pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. Hey, when is Thanksgiving in Canada? I have no idea. Okay. It's different from America. That's all I know. Yours yes. is later, I think. Ours is or ours is probably this month. Yes. Yes, ours is third week of November. Yeah, I think ours is like third week of October. October. Okay. So there's that. Um, anyway, shouldn't talk too much because I gotta go. 
But let's look at the quote. Robin, would you do us the honor yeah. of reading it? Suppose an innocent baby boy lying on his back were, because of some carelessness of his nurse, to put a stick or a stone into his mouth. His nurse would immediately do something to remove it. And if she could not get it out immediately, she would hold the child's head with her left hand and with the finger of her right hand get it out, even if she had to draw blood. And why? Because such a thing is a danger to the child, by no means harmless. Also, the nurse would do such a thing out of love for the child's benefit, out of kindness and compassion. But when that boy is older and more wise, then the nurse no longer look, looks after him, thinking, the boy can look after himself. He is done with foolishness. In the same way, if due to lack of faith, self-respect, fear of blame, energy, and wisdom, good things are not practiced by one, then one must be watched over by me. But when good things are practiced, then I need not look after one, thinking he can now look after himself. He is done with foolishness. Thank you. Give me a second here. I'm just doing something. Just take a second. Okay. Yes. So this is um, this is actually a variant on a popular. Um, teaching of the Buddha where he is asked whether he teaches people in uh, whether he, he engages in harsh speech and the Buddha said no I don't engage in harsh speech like like speech designed to hurt others and then he was asked, well, what, you know, isn't it true that you have said this or said that, you know, to, um, that hurt other people? And he said, well, sometimes you have to give people a hard teaching. It's the, um, in the Diga Nikaya, there's this story, very similar. But the question is whether you should ever whether you should ever use tough love, right? And so he he draws this comparison and he points out that sometimes you'll do something to even to 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 hurt, even do something that hurts if you know that it's actually going to benefit in the long run. I think to some extent you could apply that to Buddhism because we tell meditators to to meditate, right? To sit still when you have pain, not to relent. And so by saying that, we're actually telling you to telling you something that's gonna make you feel pain, right? 
meditation is something that's probably going to bring a lot of people a lot of pain. So you can say, wow, these Buddhist meditation teachers making a lot of bad karma, hurting their students, right? So this is the whole old adage, has to hurt if it's to heal. But we, but to some extent, we defend ourselves. And, and I think there's a definite line that you, that the Buddha would never cross. Like if you look at how the Buddha, what the Buddha uses to compare himself, he talks about himself. He doesn't say, well, well, I, so I would draw blood on my students. Obviously, he would never do that. But he will uh, watch over them. So he uses a much more uh, tame comparison. Like the worst the Buddha would do, according to the, the Diga, the story in the Diga Nikaya. Actually, I'm not sure. I think now, now that I think it was in the Majima Nikaya, not the Diga Nikaya. It's uh, the Prince Abaya, I think. Abaya Sutta and then Majima Nikaya. I don't remember. See, my memory is going. That's what they say you're getting, when you get old. It shouldn't go like that, though. It's just my mind has got other things in it, like peace walks and stuff. But uh, the Prince Abaya, anyway, same story. But he says to, but to, to Prince Abaya, he says um, that he would, how would he, how would he, like if, if Abaya, I think is the one where he uh, trains horses, and he says, well, what would you do if you had a, no, no, maybe I'm mixing them up now. Oh, that's terrible. Anyway. One point the Buddha says, how would he, how he compares this um, when the child has the stone in its mouth or the toy in its mouth? He said, when, when I have a, I, I give a harsh teaching, I will tell them, tell my students, I'm mixing these up. That's terrible. This would happen. So I see, in order to really address this, I have to study first. But, my point being, he would never. He, he doesn't actually harm his students. He doesn't do some. Doesn't do something quite so drastic as like pulling this out of their mouths. But he'll tell people, "Don't do that." He tells his students, "Don't do this. Don't do that," which is considered to be a harsh teaching, as opposed to telling telling people to do this, do that. It's an interesting uh, distinction, uh, especially for a teacher, because ideally, you don't you don't ever want to have to. Tell your students, don't do this, don't do that. Ideally, you just want to be able to do this, do that, and then they'll say, okay, I'll do that, and then they do it. But that's, the problem is some, you know, we, are, we stray. And so when meditators do wrong things, you have to say, don't do this, don't do that. But it's an interesting distinction that prefer, the, the nicer thing, the, the more ideal is when we just have to tell people what to do and we never have to tell people what not to do. Because ideally, we're all doing good things but that's an example of what the Buddha means by a harsh teaching and another part of this is at the end I like how this set talks about watching over because um, it's an interesting aspect of the Buddha's teaching that we don't really um, follow our students right? it's very much about 
we're trying to make our students independent. So that's what you should become out of this. If you find as you practice, you're more and more clinging to your teacher, that's a bit of a sign of a problem. It's a sign that you might be, well, you know, I mean, in the long run, right? In the beginning, of course, you have to, but ideally, you want to become independent. Like you want, you, you in some ways become a clone of the Buddha, right? It's not like you become independent and you start making up your own religion. That's a sign that you didn't really get it. But you take on so much from the, 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 the Buddha, from the Sangha, that you become another, almost like a clone, which is kind of a scary thing to say, I suppose. We're just making an army of clones or something. But it kind of is, you know. There's, there's only one truth, and we claim to have it. And so if you believe that, and if you practice so that you realize, hey, yeah, they've got the truth, then you just wind up saying the same things as your teacher did and acting the same way, having the same sort of character in the sense of being at peace with yourself, comfortable, mindful, with a clear mind, and so on. So he, he, he ends on an interesting note. He says, uh, you don't have to watch over. And it's interesting because it's an interesting comparison with the boy because yes, young children, you have to look after them. And that's what we are. We're, we're children when we come into the religion, when we come into the practice. And as you practice, you start to grow. Um, Sariputta Moggallana had a relationship like this. Sariputta was was like the one who gave birth, like a mother who gives birth, because he would lead his students up to Sotapanna, and then he would set them free. But he would send them to Moggallana. So Moggallana was like the nursemaid. He would take them all the way to Arahantship. This, is, this was the relationship they had. They would work. Sariputta would do arguably the harder harder work, trying to just straighten their views. Once they were on the straight path, Moggallana would, would encourage them and and raise them. You know, you ask, I, I guess you have to ask which is the harder work, giving birth or raising? It's <laughs> an interesting question. Robin, what would you say? You've done both, right? Yes. Well, one is short and intense, and one is long and intense. So, <laughs> well, you got the nine months in the womb, the nine months carrying the child. How's that? Not so difficult? It, it can be difficult. The, the beginning and the end is difficult, the middle is yeah. not so bad. But honestly, raising the child's probably the harder job, right? More tiring, sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, I mean, it's, I don't think it's quite that way because remember, we're dealing with sotapanas. So, so it's not quite exact an analogy. But, and I, I guess you could say that raising is maybe more rewarding. Right? Oh, I don't know. I don't want to compare too much. I've never given birth. So anyway, that's our quote for today. Do you have any questions today before I have to go? I might be interrupted at any moment and have to get in a vehicle and go. Sure. We do have one question. Will the meditation teach will the meditation tradition that you teach allow me to investigate the truth about reincarnation for myself? No. There is no truth in reincarnation. Well, I know what you're talking about though. You're talking about the continuation of the mind at the moment of death. 
to some extent it will because you'll start to see that reality is just moment after moment of experience and you'll lose this idea that somehow it's dependent on the brain you'll see how the mind can continue on from moment to moment through the power of craving how it can give rise to new becoming you'll see that from moment to moment and so it'll give you a framework by which you could understand uh, the continuation of that consciousness even when the body fails but it's not called reincarnation it's just we don't it'll, it'll help you let go of the idea of death that's more apt is it okay to meditate on a chair yep that's fine you might want to try to learn how to sit on the floor because it can be beneficial actually sit sit in meditation pose on my chairs now too hey could you guys try uh, people who are watching or at the meditation page could you guys try clicking the the anamodana joined hands if you like some what someone says i'd like to test this out if you like what someone says just click and let's see if it actually works someone gives has a good question like panagali had a good question so oh there we go two pluses it's okay, working. so it is working. Yay. Don't just click them randomly, please. It's more if you think someone said something or asked something worth asking. Bhante, is it unwholesome for a monk to whip his disciple for being late to meditation practice with the mindset that he wants said disciple to meditate more? This is apparently something that happens at monasteries in Bhutan. I would argue strongly that it's probably unwholesome. Um, but more in the delusion than on the anger I would say there probably is some anger involved but more on the delusion side the idea that somehow that's going to work it's like a trick I don't agree this is why like Zen meditators snap and, and they call it Satori I don't believe it's Satori when you wind them so tight that they snap I'm not I don't know I mean that's how I look at it and I shouldn't be too critical of someone else's tradition but uh, just my opinion. It's not something I would ever do for that reason. But you know, they, I'm sure, have arguments, very persuasive arguments in favor of it, and that's fine. not sure if this was a question for you or just in general but it also says anybody know resources discussing safety concerns as in damaging the knee joints no no I don't think there's any safety concerns you mean in meditating I'm assuming that's what he's referring to yes I don't think there's any if you got really problem, you know, if your legs are causing a real problem, then yeah, you should move, go slowly into sitting cross-legged. Uh, that's the only thing, is trying to sit cross-legged when you have bad knees or something, or bad back. So you should be a little bit concerned with propping up. A little bit. You know, pain is not a problem. Pain is something you should learn about, because it's the one that we're going to call it, we're going to be... Uh, give rise to anger towards so we want to learn to overcome that but if it's intense and it's actually going to lead it's the difference between pain and in pain and an injury 
you can injure yourself. You, know, you can practice meditation and feel pain. But if you practice meditation, if you stretch and strain yourself to the point of an injury, well, that's not helpful in any, in any way. Do people feel a sublime happiness just after a cessation? Generally, yeah. They'll feel a little bit disoriented, maybe, because in the sense like what just happened, like it was beyond anything, no, no concept of what just happened. And then they'll feel peace often for hours or days as a result of it. It'll... I mean, in the beginning, it's just this amazing sense of the change that's gone through them. And so there's great bliss and peace and happiness and just a sense of awe at the new way of looking at the world. And, and it wears off. The, the, the novelty of it wears off, but the peace stays. Whoa, we've got a long line of meditators here. We do. And most people are green. It's taking more time to click on everybody. How is the first official um, residential meditation course? gearing up that starts about a week from now i don't know if anyone's actually coming i think there may be one person signed up okay. i was just going to check on on facebook because actually i don't think in facebook it where are my events is that on my page how does this work it should be on your page Events, upcoming events. Only one person. Four. Wait, four going. Oh, I see. Uh -huh. Well, one lives in New York. I think I contacted her already. Another, it looks like he lives in India or something. Lives in Bangladesh. Hmm. That's a road trip. I'm not convinced that he's coming. We discussed it above, but would leg falling asleep, going numb, be good pain to sit through and take note of? Would sitting through what? Through your leg falling asleep or going numb, should you sit through that? Yeah. Just take note of it. It, it, it. That won't cause permanent damage. People do that all the time. I mean, once you, just be careful once when you stand up afterwards. The, the danger can come if you stand up and try to stand on it and break your leg. It can happen. Yeah, I've had that happen. I stood up too quickly, not realizing how much my foot was asleep, and I fell right back down. Yeah, you can break your leg. People have done it. Yeah. I recently read that some Buddhist monks sleep in the sitting position. Have you ever tried this, Bhante? Yeah, 
yeah that's perfectly valid it's a good way to keep the sitters uh, practice the non-lying down practice we did once uh, seven i did seven days not lying down um and the last two days were the last two nights were for my teacher's birthday so it was um it was the seventh day was seventh night was the night before my teacher's birthday and we did i got the monks in the monastery together to do it and we all sat outside of his room meditating and when he came out in the morning i think i had just woken up from like three hours of sitting sleep and uh he came out no he was so he was impressed he said very good effort congratulations he was very happy to see us that was that was nice right outside of his room his bedroom because his bedroom at the time was in inside this meditation hall so we were in the meditation hall like 10 monks doing an all night all night meditation practice in his honor was he aware that you'd been doing that for seven days no no i don't think i even ever told him wow. i had been up at doi sutep doing it and then i came down for his birthday what do you think of sam harris's approach to mindfulness I don't really know it that well, except in in an end of faith, Sam Harris, right? Uh, in the end of faith, he goes somewhere that I don't think is valid. He talks a lot about compassion. So just today, someone was telling me about his new book called Waking Up. Well, if someone wants to send it to me, I'd be happy to read it and talk about it. I don't have that book. Apparently, Waking Up is more about mindfulness. Okay, I'm going to go because I should get ready. He's got to be here soon. Thank you, Bhante. Thank you, Robin. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'll have more time tomorrow. Good night. Good night.